Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 26, and we're going to do the readings for Ash Wednesday. Sorry I'm a little late, uh, but um, at least I'm going to get it done. So um, we're going to start with just a simple prayer. Um, let's just say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and... I'm going to begin with this meditation uh, from a novena book. Okay. Hold on. Sorry if there's a little noise in the background. My neighbor's dog is acting up. All right. Season of Lent. According to biblical tradition, Moses stayed on Mount Sinai 40 days to receive the law of the covenant. Our Lord fasted 40 days in the desert before he started his mission. Christians prepare themselves to celebrate the paschal mystery of our Lord's death and resurrection by a penitential season of 40 days. Penance is part of the Christian philosophy of life. It has to do with sin and conversion. It is the inner aversion to evil in and around us and a generous conversion in love to God which is important the means to achieve this inner conversion are the traditional Lenten practices of prayer charitable works and acts of self-denial but above all attendance at Holy Mass daily because it is a memorial as well as a reenactment of the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. What we give up should be related to an inner conversion of God to God. Jesus came into the world to share his life with us. We should examine the priorities in our lives with his mission in mind. His mission is to bring each person to human, to human dignity and all people to brother to brotherhood, leading leading them to the Father, he sought to do the will of the Father, of his Father. Lent is a time of instruction and listening. Faith comes by hearing, which certainly includes reading and study. It is a time of listening. The Word of God is given to us in abundance. The Gospels and Lenten readings are a rich source rich source of faith conversion and turning back to God who is already awaiting and loving us we are asked to make the Word of God a judgment upon our lives and a means of personal evaluation but this Will become a fruitful, uh, this will become fruitful only by the grace of God, which we receive through the sacraments and prayer, especially through the sacrifice of the Mass. Meditation on the Passion of Christ is a favorite means of showing our grati gratitude to our Lord for having suffered and died for us. The way of the cross should not be considered outdated. Making a Lenten novena at least once during Lent will prove very beneficial in deepening our prayer 
life. Okay. That was good. So now what is the word mortification means? Basically, um, self-mortification means to kill to kill self, not means suicide, but means to kill one's self-desires, one's desires that get in the way of one's relationship with God. It's meaning to put to death the self. And the way what we do is fasting is one good method, one important method. Is it easy? No. And trust me on this one, it's not easy without prayer. You're not going to achieve it if you don't pray. And prayer, you got to pray for the, the grace and the strength of Christ to do it. You have to pray for this. You have to really want it. And the, the methods behind this is one, you do this because you want to get close to Christ. You want to get close to God. You want to be holy. And you can't do it if you're not really serious. Because I know fasting is not an easy thing. Our society is against fasting. Although we have a bunch of like young women who will fast just to look good for that party. To look good in that bikini. That, that uh, you know, to look good on the beach. To look good for their, uh, uh, so they can look good in that new designer clothes they want to buy. They'll do it. But when it comes to fasting uh, for faith, nobody wants to do it. You'll get people who dedicate themselves just to go to a gym so they can look, they can have that superhero body. But you'll never get them to want to do it for for the uh, for the salvation of their souls. You'll never get them to do that, <clears throat> and that's that goes to show you where our priorities are, and that goes to show you where our idolatry is. Y- your mortification should also very be private it should be intimate it should not be something that you have to talk about you should not talk about it it as jesus said in the gospels uh one who you know they like the pharisees they look sad they look miserable they they want to show people that they're fasting they will not get the graces and the rewards for that. You'll never get the graces and the reward if you tell people this. It's funny. Like on Ash Wednesday, everybody shows up for their ashes. Everybody shows up to get their ashes and they'll walk around with their ashes like if it's a fashion statement. It's great that they're doing, that they're coming up to Ash Wednesday. But the problem is it ends with you or or let's say people wearing ashes. It doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't go beyond the journey to to get intimate with Christ. To get intimate with God. 
to really, really want to go on that journey. It's a journey. It really is. It's, it's you getting on that road with Christ, spending 40 days with him in, in, in scripture. Stations of the cross are a good start. I've been doing actually a rosary novena that I actually decided to put together for myself. Basically, the first decade is after Jesus was baptized, you focus on Christ going out into the desert and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He's with the wild beasts, like the gospel of Mark says. And, you know, you, you, you combine it together. He, he, he's driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he spends there 40 days and 40 nights fasting. And afterward, it says he was famished. And he was among the wild beasts. And then the devil came to tempt him. That's the first decade. The, the second decade is, if you are the son of God, to command these stones to be turned to bread. And Jesus responds, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The third, which is a second temptation, is he takes him and puts him on the temple, the, the top of the temple. Jump off the temple. You know, jump off this, and then isn't it written that the angels have charge over you, lest you gash your foot against the stone? And then Jesus says, do not tempt the Lord your God. And the, uh, the fourth of that decade is obviously... He takes him to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. I will give them to you. It is me to give whoever I want to give it to. If you bow down and worship me. And what does he say? Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you should worship the Lord your God and only unto him. And the fifth one, he goes back and John the Baptist sees him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And two of John's disciples follow Jesus. Now, going out into the desert is, we can look at it for ourselves. Jesus is telling us to confront ourselves, to confront our weakness, to confront who we really are. Who we really are. And to really, in a sense, open ourselves to God. Because when you go out in the desert, you've got no choice but to confront yourself. Just like Jordan Peterson himself said that. You're in the desert and there's nothing else but to start confronting yourself. To start really, really doing battle with yourself. To really get to know yourself and to really get to know what you are and who you are. And this is where we have to ask God, our Lord, to help us. Because once we start, once we start really confronting ourselves, we're not going to like it. Now, the, the first temptation about bread, uh, taking the stones and turning it into bread, well... This is when we have to start realizing how selfish we are. How selfish and how greedy we are. Gluttony 
doesn't just come out by itself. Gluttony comes from pride and selfishness. It comes out of greed. It comes out of self-love. Your own idolatry. Your own pagan. You, you are your own pagan god. You're selfish. I'm selfish. We're all selfish. We're all greedy. We're all prideful. Then the, the next one is he takes Jesus and puts him on the pinnacle of the temple, right above the temple. The funny thing is that Jesus is greater than the temple. He places Jesus on top of the temple to try to get to the pride of Jesus. But yet Jesus is something greater than the temple. He says it himself later on. Take yourself and cast yourself down from here. All right? Let's show these people who you really are. Isn't it written that the angels will prevent you from, from hurting yourself? Now, the angels will prevent him from, from gashing his foot against the stone. And Jesus said, don't tempt the Lord your God. But how many times have God has given us graces? How many times has God given us blessings? Maybe we never even noticed it, but the truth is, he has, he's always blessed us. But the thing is, how many times have we put ourselves above him? How many times have we made excuses? How many times have we made exceptions? I've done it. Even after my baptism, after my conversion, I've done it. I have actually pushed him aside I pushed him aside many times, made exceptions, made excuses. I've done it. And I'm sure we've all done it. You know, my my comic book collection, my excuses uh, for, uh, you know, not going to church on Sundays, uh, my excuses that my job has exhausted me. Uh, I've gone to comic cons. I've gone to, on Sundays, I've made excuses Right, and I made my own personal hobbies and collections my personal icons, my, my personal pagan idols. I made things of the world, chased after them, made excuses to myself. We've all done it. So you have to confront your pride. You have to confront your, your greed. You have to confront your selfishness. We have to confront those things and realize that we have betrayed him over and over again. The next one is all the kingdoms of the world. Well, I don't think I'm not a politician, but definitely I've gone after other things. Like I said, it basically shows what we place before God, what we place before our, before Him, we made ourselves more important. We made other things more important, celebrities more important, sports more important. I mean, seriously, you've seen how guys literally they don't want the they'll make excuses not to go to church, but they'll go to a football game, they'll go to a baseball game, right? They'll go to They'll go watch something else. People will uh, will make it will make the effort to go to go to something else. 
They'll say it's for the kids. They'll say it's for, uh, for a friend. They'll say it's only once a year. But we all know it's not true. We all know it's not true. We all know it's a lie. Okay, whenever you put these other things before your Lord, you kill your relationship. You do damage before the relationship. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Okay? It's funny, like Father Chris Salar said, mentioned, this has happened. Somebody will come and get the, get their ashes and then they'll go to a bar and they'll watch a sports game and they're sitting there drinking, right? It's Ash Wednesday, they're drinking and then they're watching a sports game and then something happens where your te his team doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do well and he's got obscenities coming out of his mouth, screaming at the TV screen. With ashes on, with the, with the ashes of ship of a cross on his forehead. You see what I'm saying? It's examples like that that are not good. It's examples like that that shows that the mortification or his so, his so-called devotion is shallow and means nothing. <clears throat> so, think about these things. Think about them, and really, you know, in a sense that shows you. That it doesn't work that way. All right, let's begin uh, with our first reading. All right, first reading is from the prophet Joel. It's uh, the book of the prophet Joel, chapter two, verse twelve to eighteen. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the, at the breast. Let the bridegroom quiet his room and the bride her chamber between the porch and the altar. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep and say, spare, O Lord, your people and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Notice how people uh, always talk about God in the Old Testament like if it's a different, like if he's a different God. The God of the Old Testament is always angry, always wants to punish, always wants to, wants to, to, to control. I mean, they're they're not paying attention. It shows that they don't. They're not even. They're just mimicking what other people say. 
they love to do that or they're just basically deflecting. First of all, it's not a different God. It's the same God. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For, grac for gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing. So here is, it is the evidence and proof that he wants a relationship, that he wants to mend this relationship. He's, he's slow to anger, slow to punishment. All right. He wants the whole heart. It's funny. There's an episode in the chosen where the, um, actor Jonathan Rumi playing Jesus give us your heart that's all we want give give the father your heart that's all we ask that's that is that is pretty much right at, right there out of the bible all right not to rend your heart not your garments sorry as a truck passed by rend your hearts not your garments Return to the Lord your God. All right. And, and, he, and right here, he's asking the people, just, just proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit his, his room and let the bride her chamber. All right, and then he's asking for even for the priests to stop being hypocritical. All right, and everybody just simply admit that they've done wrong. Everybody admit that they have not been true to their faith. He's asking for people to just confront their problems, to face who they really are, to face what's going on. When they got out of Israel, it's true what Jordan Peterson said. They themselves were used are used to living under tyrants. They got used to it. It's like a bad relationship. It's like an abusive relationship. You get used to it. You 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 only acknowledge what you're living under. And then you think this is the only way. People today are the same thing. Tyranny is all we know. Tyranny is only is all we think that 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 that, that works. And it becomes like a pagan idol. That's why when they built that calf, the truth is that was what they were used to. That was that was a reflection of who they are. We'll let Pharaoh abuse us as long as he feeds us and takes care of us. We're used to being in a in a bad way, in a bad situation, because it's too hard to look for a good situation. It's too hard to look for something good. Right? My selfishness, my greed, well, it's me taking care of myself. It's me loving myself because no one else cares about me. That's bad. It doesn't work that way. In order to get, in order, we all know this. If you want that job, you've got to have the qualifications for that job. You'll do everything 
to get that job because you want that job, right? You People do things to themselves just to, like literally they'll starve themselves, they'll, they'll, they'll go to that gym, they'll do everything so they can look good in that dress, so they can look good at, for, that, for that reunion because you want to show people you're doing all right. But when it comes to faith, because faith is, kind of, is, is very abstract, and it is basically, it's people are afraid once they get close to God that they may have to give up something. They may have to give up that, that love of self and the love of the world, and they're afraid of that. You know, they're afraid of that. And that's, you know, and that's true. I mean, it's like at the end of the line here, then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. He took, he was stirred for concern for the land and then took pity on the people. Once he saw the sincerity of their repentance, once he saw the the sincerity of their 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 the rendering of their hearts then he took concern a lot of noise out there all right let's move on to the next one okay psalm 51 this is a this is a very famous penitential psalm you can read it anytime when you're about uh, for confession or or you're about to go to confession be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Psalm 51. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and from my sin. Cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in in your sight. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Be, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain. A willing spirit sustain in me, O Lord. Open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Notice again uh, what David says here. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, in the greatness of your compassion. Wipe out my offense. Okay, David acknowledges that he has committed an offense. He has acknowledged what he has done. He acknowledges evil. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and of my sin cleanse me. It's, it's constantly repeating, wipe out my offense, with the words he uses here. 
in your in your greatness of your compassion wipe out my offense wash me and then he says cleanse me and of my sin cleanse me it's it's almost like he's asking for like you know how you give a baby a baby bath <laughs> you know you're changing the kid's diaper and you got to give him a baby bath or something it's it's yeah, this he's being a child here and this is after his i believe the, the um he committed that sin of murdering of sending Bathsheba's husband to his, to his death all right and he goes on for i now this is a part here i acknowledge my offense and then he goes on and my sin is before me always so he acknowledges and he's aware he knows exactly what what his sins his sins are right there before him acknowledging and actually you know facing up to it that his sin what he's done is right before his eyes mentally and emotionally mentally and and he he knows it and he's aware of it against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Notice the words. Against you only have I sinned and done, done, meaning he admits it that he has taken the action. What is evil in your sight? He's done this before God and he admits it that he did it, that he did it. That he goes on to the next one. Again, he says, a clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Give me a clean heart and give me a new a new spirit of commitment. Cast me not out from your presence. And your Holy Spirit take not from me. Un unfortunately, some translations they'll they won't capitalize Holy Spirit for some reason. Maybe because they're not too sure if they are aware there is a, th a third person of the Trinity. But the fact is, from a Christian co concept, it is the Holy Spirit of God. It is the, the third person of the Trinity. So, all right. Give me back the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit sustain in me. Okay, well, I'm sorry, move too fast. Renew. He wants a complete whole new relationship. He wants a whole new committed spirit. And we're going back to the other verse. He wants a new heart and he wants a new spirit. Um, and he wants to be back in God's presence again. And, and he wants, and he wants God's Holy Spirit in him, the life of God in him. And the last one, give me back the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit sustain in me. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. He wants that relationship. He wants to be back in his presence and he wants to be sing. He wants to be. He wants the joy of proclaiming God's mercy and forgiveness. This is all in this psalm. In, in this psalm. It's actually much bigger than this. It's only a portion of it. But this is this is a way to start. This is the, this is a way for us to start. We need this. Okay, let's move on from there. All right. The second reading is from. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians is chapter 5, verse 20, and to chapter 6, verse 2. 
Be reconciled to God. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Brethren, we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, I am uh, in an acceptable time. I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. One more time. Brothers, we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, again, we you can't do any of this without Christ. You can't. None of this unless we pray and ask for the grace to improve ourselves, to, to really be able to do this. And it's not, it's not a race. It's not a contest. Uh, you know, when we, when we do all this, when we practice fasting, self-mortification, prayer, intimate, we're, we're, we're asking to be closer to him. We're asking me to, to be closer to him and we're asking to, to participate, to participate in, in the work of salvation. We you know you want to pray for someone's conversion. Well, how is that person supposed to convert if we don't show any sign of it? We don't show any sign of faith. You can't, none of this, you can't give what you don't have. But also to pray for somebody really means you really, you really want this. You want that person. But also that person has to see the faith in you. You know, getting them to go to church or, or, or to be baptized when there's no real conversion it's you you know it becomes nothing more but self but control you want to control that person whether they're really gone through a conversion or not doesn't work that way it has to start with us first it has to start with us knowing our faith participating in our faith living our faith and we have to be patient and we have to make sure we don't look like hypocrites in front of other people because that's another thing. It's terrible. It's terrible if you look like a hypocrite in front of people. It's terrible when you say you believe, you talk about your faith, but you don't really believe and people see that in you. 
they see that in you. And that's that's not good. It's terrible. And it's very humiliating because they're just going to say that you're that you're a load of garbage, you're a load of nonsense. And you don't want that. Let's practice our faith and let's be sincere, but let's not wear it in our sleeves. Let's not look like a Pharisee. Let's not look look like a hypocrite. And you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be called a hypocrite by our Lord. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want him to think that. So if we're going to, if we're really trying to witness other people, let's do it quietly. Let's do it with with a sincere heart. Let's do it with. Um, Let's, let's show the people that we're, we're really in love with our faith. But let's not wear it on our sleeve. Because be careful, they are watching. People do watch. People do watch. They do watch and they do pay attention. And they make notes. So practice your faith. But the best thing to do is pray, pray, pray. Pray for that person. Really, when you when you're gonna sit when you're gonna pray for somebody, make sure you remember, write their name down and pray for them. Write their name down and pray for them. But also pay attention to what they you know, what they do notice. If they see hypocrisy, pay attention to that. Um I think the best thing to do is to make reparation. Whenever you hear someone that uses the Lord's name in vain, don't correct them because you're only going to make them angry when you correct them and you're going to look self-righteous when you correct them. Make a note. Make a note to yourself to make an act of reparation whenever they use the Lord's name, especially with an F-bomb in the middle. Make, a, make like this... Tell yourself, I'm going to fast for that person. I'm going to fast for that person. I'm going to make, I'm going to do penance for that person because they use the Lord's name in vain. Tell that to yourself. And so for each person, each time you hear something or you see something or someone uses the name Jesus or they, they say it in a curse way, add an hour to your fasting. And you'll see and do it for the love of the Lord. Do it for the love of that soul. Remember what our Lord said, they know not what they do. So they know not, they know not what they say either. It's a good way to start. Trust me, I know a lot of friends that do that. It's sad. Okay, so now the gospel. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Psalm 95, verse 8. And the gospel reading is from the gospel of St. Matthew, according to St. Matthew. Chapter 6, verse 1 to 6 and 16 to 18. Your father will see in secret, will repay you. Your father who sees in secret will repay you. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform your righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do 
in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your almsgiving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, Pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your father who is hidden. And your father who is hidden, who sees what is hidden, will repay you. The gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, we have to look at this. Take care not to perform your righteous deeds in order that people may see them. What does he mean by righteous deeds? What does he mean that people not? Okay, don't show off. It's very simple. Don't. Show off that you're religious. Don't show off that you want to be holy. Holiness is something intimate. It's private. It's between you and the Lord. Righteous deeds are private. They should be between you and the Lord. Not that other people may see them. Not saying that you shouldn't like talk about your faith, but we got to talk about our faith in the right way. And we also have to make sure you got to understand something. You're never going to win over non-religious people by beating over their head, the Bible or try to witness to them. You got to show them they're going to listen to you in a very passive way. They're going to watch you in a very passive way. Okay. They're going to watch you. They're going to watch how you behave and how you act and how you talk. They're going to watch your, your they're going to watch you and they're going to see if you live up to what you say you believe. You're, they're going to watch that. Putting on a show in front of them. Uh trying to witness to them when they don't care, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Putting a Bible verse, quoting a Bible verse in front of them is not going to work. They, they look at you and they see if you are living up to it. In other words, they're going to watch you when you don't see them watching. And that is how they're going to judge. Okay? Trying to witness to them doesn't work. Trust me, it does not work. I tried one time correcting somebody who kept on using the Lord's name as vain. It doesn't work. 
doesn't work. They get a friend of mine said it. They they get more angry. They get more angry, and 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 then and they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. They they they're watching you. And they're going to listen if you're going to walk the walk, talk to talk. Okay. That's how they're going to do it. That's how they're going to they're going to watch. So, forget about witnessing. Your fasting should be private. Your penances should be private. Your good deeds, your charity should be private. And, you, you know, that is, that's the way it's supposed to be done. Now, why do we fast? Well, first of all, we should do it for making reparation for sins committed by people. Like, for example, I don't like it when someone uses the Lord's name in vain. I hate it. It cuts to my heart. His name is holy. Saying Jesus F. Christ is wrong. It's wrong, people. And it's so evil. And it's heartbreaking. Because the name is holy. The name of our Lord is holy. It is a salvation name. It is a name that saves. There's no other name under heaven that saves except the name of Jesus it is wrong when people do that, but they do it. So fast for when the name is, is, is you said in such an ugly, ugly, evil way. It's wrong, but people do it. Um, also, the desecration committed by our politicians who receive Holy Communion for a publicly known sin and the fact that our bishops and our priests refuse to do something about it is wrong. So we, we need to make reparation, ask for forgiveness for their, for their, for their evil, for taking, for, for, for the body and blood of our Lord being treated in such a manner for politics, in such a defiling manner for politics is wrong. So we need to make reparation for that. Also, abortion. Yes, because they support abortion. Politicians are receiving communion because they support abortion. They, they support LGBT. And they're, they're Catholics and they have a publicly known sin. That's another reason why we may need to make reparation fast for that. Also, you got the war in Ukraine. And the war in Ukraine. I mean, let me put it this way. Putin is the way he is because politicians, corrupt politicians helped him. Corrupt politicians who become leaders of the country, who receive money, who do things only for money, for personal fortune, receiving $3.4 million from one end and then receiving $3.5 million from another end and claiming to be Catholic and supporting abortion and supporting LGBTQ and transgenderism, that is wrong. And the fact that we have bishops that don't that don't do anything about it. 
You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm sorry that I got exposed my political, my views about certain things, but we have a politician who has done this. We have many, not just this, not just the one in the White House, but we have in Congress, we have in Senate, we have them everywhere, and they have created this evil. This war didn't just come out of nowhere. It happened from years and years of corruption and years of years of no one stopping them. Okay, now millions of people are suffering. They're hiding in subways. Their, their homes are being destroyed. Their lives have been disrupted. And there's, there's evil in the world. Lots of evil. Evil has increased everywhere. And no one prays, no one fasts, no one, no one makes reparation from all the desecrations that happened, especially since we also have priests who are pedophiles, the abuse is happening in the churches, so we have to make reparation. We're called to be saints. We're called to be saints. Now, we can pray publicly when a sin is publicly known. We can ask, we, we, we can pray our rosary publicly when there's a public no sin. But when our private lives, don't honk your horn, don't show off your fasting, don't show off your holiness. We need to do things privately and we need to pray privately. And we need to learn how to, how to practice humility. We need to do that. And I, I myself experienced it this last Monday at work. Uh, you know, some real humility. Okay, you know, nothing that I did wrong, but I had to, I had to be professional about it, and I had to practice some humility. And I learned that I decided that God sent me this to show me what's wrong with myself, to show me what I have to do to improve. And this is something we need to do, people. We have to practice humility. We have to practice holiness. We have to practice mortification. Mortification means killing the ego. The ego that's, that feeds on sin. Okay? My gluttony comes from my pride and my ego, my vanity, my my sinful nature that doesn't want to die. Okay, that gets in the way between me and Christ. It gets in the way between me and my Lord. That part of me needs to die. It gets in the way and I need to kill it. I need to get rid of it and I can't do it without his grace. I can't overcome my sinful nature without his grace. A lot of my, a lot of my faults come from there and I need to do that. And that's why we need to practice mortification. And we can do this in prayer. Like, for example, the stations of the cross are great. You can do chapters of it throughout the day and focus on a particular vice, a particular sin, a deadly sin. It can be done. It can be done. You know, um, like I said earlier, take the scene from the temptation. Jesus goes out in the desert, fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and is among the wild beasts. You can say the wild beasts are your, your temptations, your sins. You can use that, and then you can say, you know, like you, you focus on that, and you do 10 Hail Marys. 
And then the first temptation is the bread, turning stone, uh, turning bread, uh, from stones to bread, uh, jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. You, you know, pride and vanity showing off. Um, then there's um, the uh, the temptation uh, to bow down and worship me. I'll give you all the world. In other words, you will sacrifice your relationship with Christ just to gain wealth and power and riches. And then the last one, Jesus returns back after, after, after combating the devil and comes back and John the Baptist declares him to be the Lamb of God. That's right there, covers all five rosaries and you're like with him in the desert. And you could use that to meditate, to focus on yourself, to focus on getting rid of certain sins. It's helpful. But like I said, we can't do it without his grace. You cannot practice fasting if you don't really, you know, that's why I'm thankful for that uh, 33-day consecration with, uh, uh, to Jesus through Mary. The, the St. Louis Montfort. I'm really thankful for that. The other one I want to try to do, I was thinking of trying to do it for um, for uh, Lent was the St. Ignatius Retreat, the uh, spiritual exercises, but I wasn't ready for that. I got to focus on that in another way. Uh, but the thing is, keep it simple, but realize that we the Stations of the Cross, reading of the Gospels, reading the every. The, the daily readings of the of, of Lent can be helpful, but don't don't overdo it. You got to keep it focused on the bad habits that we got to overcome. Focus on that. Keep it simple, and you know, just just be honest with yourself. Be honest what you need to improve. <clears throat> we have a lot of evil, and. War is a result of sin. Remember what our lady said. You know, if let's say the subject matter, whether Russia was consecrated or not, is still a major controversy. And I'm going to honestly say the fact that we see that we're back to this now and the fact that we've seen so much evil in the last two years is convincing people it wasn't done. I'm sorry to say this, but it's convincing people the fact that there's so much evil in the world is convincing a lot of people, and uh, I'm going to say this, I know John Paul did it, but what's wrong in doing it again? What's wrong in, in just doing it again? Well, it's not going to hurt anybody if it's done again. You know, just do it again. That's all. Get all the bishops, and do it again. That's my solution. I'm not questioning John Paul II. <clears throat> but I'm just questioning about all the evil that's happening now. All the evil that's going on now. That's the only thing I'm going to say. I see too much of it. There's too much. And I see so much evil in among the bishops. I've seen so much the clergy. I just don't know. I mean, only a few of them. Probably I can count on, on my hand. That's all I can trust, but I just don't think it happened. I'm que I, I'm questioning it. I don't think it. I, I think we need to do it again. If John Paul did it, fine. But guess what? Maybe it needs to be done again. That's what I believe. It has to be done again. Uh, 
know, uh, we'll continue it. I'll try to come back with some uh, uh, reflections. I may not be able to do all the readings every day, but I'll try to do the best I can. Um, so let's end it here. We'll say, uh, and our father in a hail Mary, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.